0: Hey, I'm Michael Dorinda, and I'm Jake Bennett, not with a new haircut, and welcome to episode 118 of the North South Web podcast.
1: Michael, it looks like you got a haircut, but maybe it's just because you always wear a hat and you're not wearing a hat today. Yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. All right, let's hear it.
0: I had my haircut, mm-hmm. I had my haircut on Saturday. Mm-hmm. We went to my mother-in-law's oh. on Sunday okay. for Mother's Day. Yep,
1: that makes sense.
0: I have not washed my hair since then, and I was wearing a beanie. Yeah, it looks so, decent. It
1: looks decent. It looks like you did it on purpose. It's just yeah, I, I, it's, no, not it's, uh, it's not bad. It's actually
0: just two day old hair product.
1: Hey, you know what? Maybe you should do two day old hair product a little bit more. It looks looks good.
0: Maybe maybe. Yep.
1: yep. Hey, um, you sent a video earlier this week about this Aussie guy, uh, and a chalky bicky. <laughs> mm-hmm. a bicky yeah that's it a biscuit was it was funny because it was all the all the different things that Australians say as ie so like there was like a sicky, a bricky, mm-hmm. a bicky a chalky uh i don't know all the things and then it was like it was like so it was like biscuit bicky chocolate chalky chocolate biscuit chalky bicky like <laughs> today you i actually it. used yeah. i actually used one of the uh i i used my whipper snipper today Ah, yes. Also known as a weed whacker, or a weed whip, or a, a weed, weed eater, or yeah, whatever. It. Yeah, Weeding whipper it. snipper. <laughs> so I, I told Graham today because he watched that video with me that uh, and he thought that was so funny, and so <laughs> he was today was the first day he mowed the lawn. So oh, I got him out there, wow. and he's 11. And nice. I was like, "Let's go, man!" And uh, it was funny because I went over to Jordan Brill's house. You know Jordan. I dropped off his daughter mm-hmm. at his house because we had basketball with the girls tonight. So. um <clears throat> Dropped him off at or dropped her off at his house and his son was mowing the lawn. And his son is like eight, nine. And I'm like, yeah. Micah's <laughs> mowing the lawn. And he's like, I'm not mowing the lawn. And then he said, Ask him how much she charges. I was like, Micah, how much you charge? He's like, five bucks. I'm like, dude, I'm gonna have him come over and do my lawn. And so I got home tonight. I was like, Laura, I was like, Graham's mowing our lawn tonight. I'm teaching him how to do it. And so I <laughs> pulled out a five dollar bill. I was like, buddy, wanna earn one of these bad boys? He's like, I mean he's a crisp five. Sure. I was like, all right, you're going to learn how to mow the lawn. He did a great job. I was super stoked. It's good. He did a really good job. So, you know, they have to be big enough to make a, you know, to, to move the mower so you can get a straight line. So you mm-hmm. did all right. There was a couple curves in there, but no big deal. I mean, it's just grass. It's going nice. to grow back next week. So, yeah, it's yeah. fine. It's, it's fine. like hair. You can, exactly. you can mess
0: it up. So many people walk around with messed up hair as though it's normal. So I don't think there's really any worry totally. for, with that's, your hair.
1: That's the other thing I'm going to do is I'm going to start cutting my kid's hair. It's just a pain in the butt. Like, it's literally, like, like, even if you check in online, the wait times are insane right now. They can't get anybody to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, so, it's really hard to find the time to cut a kid's hair and stuff. And it's just not that important. So, I could figure it out. Like, I I, I, can, yeah. I got this. So, lots of people did go, it during COVID.
0: Hit, yeah, go hear Matt he He's, yep, he's I saw, all that
1: cutting the hair. Yeah, and I, I've watched him do it. So, I'm like, I could do this. I mean, I he does this. his
0: own. So, yeah. you know, I think... If you can do your own hair, you can pretty much do anyone else's. And really. that's the
1: thing is like, Matt offers is like a put together dude. Like he looks sharp, you know? So, um, mm-hmm. you know. Have you seen the do...
0: beard? Have you seen the mane that that man has been cultivating? No. No, I have not. Oh.
1: Where can I see it?
0: Was it like him well, uh, a live I'll, stream I'll, or something? Yeah, it was um, 20% time. They had a uh, 20%, oh, yeah, for 20% the, effort uh, for their, their the latest podcast, but they were up at their... Retreat right in um wherever the heck it was. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's uh that's quite the beard. We'll we'll throw that in the show notes. But uh that is that is good.
1: I can't grow I can't grow a beard very well. Let me see. Oh boy, I've, yes I'm, he I'm, is. You are not kidding. That is a big beard. Yeah. That is that that's is impressive. a man beard for that sure. That is impressive. He has really been working on that for a while now. So dude, that looks so beautiful mm-hmm. wherever they were, up in the smoky mountains, I think yeah like Tennessee or something. So
0: yeah, Gat Gatlinburg. Oh yes, that is, Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's beautiful there. Um, they actually yeah, it looks, looks it's like nice. all the forest burned down like a couple of years ago. Um, there was you a huge know. fire. You wouldn't know what to look for it. I know there was a huge, huge fire. Um, but yeah, looks beautiful. Looks absolutely gorgeous. So I'm gonna have to figure out where they were. Go rent it out for the weekend. Anyway, we um, talked before the show and we said, what are we going to talk about? And we we're like, I don't know. What are we going to talk know. about? Um, one of the things I'm interested in talking about and learning about. So we were sort of past the Vim bandwagon. Although yesterday I saw some stuff about Tmux uh, session management and it was pretty cool. And mm-hmm. so I was messing around with that a little bit, which is pretty interesting. I've been using Vim quite a bit recently, though, which has been really fun. And um, yeah, liking it. Liking it, learning more every day. So yeah, thank you for all the help with that. And I feel like that was just like the push I needed to get started. And NeoVim is where it's at. So that's that's pretty cool. I've yet to write you my know, own little plugin or anything, but you know, me I'm me getting me there. Me I'm getting there. So I think
0: I think most most of what I've been doing lately has just been refining. Um, and and when I say refining, it's not really even changing my configuration or anything like that. It's just NeoVim's been around long enough now, and it's kind of stable enough that there's a lot of plugins that, um that were from vim like vim plugins that obviously worked with neovim they were just straight ports but there's people are starting to to port those vim plugins across to native neovim so they they're, right, they're they're written in lua they're quicker they're you know native and things like that and so it's just finding those things as you go and kind of moving them across and just swapping out you know existing plugins for new plugins we were talking on the the vim group Marion, um has been having a couple of issues with like autocomplete of of methods. So when you when you get the autocomplete, it, it shows you like methods and properties. And and it knows, for example, if you have a relationship. So if you have a post post user which has like um or or, or a user model which then has a posts relationship, the autocomplete knows that there is both a post property and a post method. Um, but when you when you select the method, it doesn't like it knows that it's a method, but it doesn't autofill sure. or autocomplete the parentheses. Yep, yep. So then you've you know you've got to type them yourself, which is like it's a minor thing, but it's one of those things that like until you get used to it, you kind of second guess yourself and you go, oh, did, did I accidentally select the property instead of the method and things yeah, like yeah, you know sure. it's 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 a minor minor thing, but until you kind of figure it out, you know, and it, and it gets into your muscle memory, you, you might forget about it. So. He he swapped over from like the autopairs plugin that we were all using that was a that was just like the Vim plugin working in NeoVim to the NeoVim native one and and it all just started working for him. So it's mostly just been stuff like that. Um I, I actually sat down a little bit on the weekend and, and spent a bit of time doing some writing. So I know I've I've I don't know if I've mentioned it publicly, but I've been gonna, you know, Sergeant Gunner, gonna write a book for a long time about, you know, Vim for PHP specifically and not like this is not teaching you how to use Vim or, or or things like that. This is about specifically honing NeoVim as a tool, as an environment for writing PHP. Nice. So talking about That's the cool. things that that you you know, that I use that are good tooling if you want to, you know, spend most of your time writing PHP. So talking about getting um, autocomplete set up, getting um IntelliSense set up, getting all of the, you know, the smarts, the things that you expect if you're coming from like VS Code or if you're coming from PHP Storm, making sure that it that it has the intelligence, that it allows you to sort of jump between, you know, methods and definitions and all that kind of stuff, some refactoring. And, and I've been meaning to do it for a long time. It's just there are so many things competing for your time. And like yeah. that kind of thing is like if I did it 10 years ago, you know, no kids, no, you know, nothing else on, on the go. Like now it's... Especially now that I'm working from home, I was saying this to my sister on the on the weekend. It's like you you wake up in the morning when the kids wake up, and on a weekday you're with them until you drop them off at childcare. Then you come home and then you work, and then the kids have come home from childcare, and then you're with the kids until they go to bed, and then the day is over. And I have so very little motivation to do anything other than sit on the couch and <laughs> yeah, and watch TV or yeah. or you know just go and sit in bed and just yeah. like I just TikTok. You know, i just watch tiktok yeah, just That's endless the,
1: scrolling yeah
0: endless scrolling and then like the other night i was just i'm like oops it's 1 a.m. i should go oh to my bed. gosh but, dude like, i've been there so bad. many like, times
1: like you feel like oh my gosh what did i just spend the last 2 hours doing just and and the
0: thing is like I spent three hours doing that. I could have been writing my book. I totally. I could have been, you know, working on Denpink. I could have been doing yeah. construction. No, I was just, it's in just the, the mental energy is in this... there.
1: Yeah, it's hard to find the mental it, energy but, but to do it. But it's like,
0: it. you can just sit there and watch 30 second TikToks and suddenly you've been doing that for three hours. Isn't that
1: insane? same? I know. It's so, they're so, they've figured out how to just keep you on the hook. I don't know what it is. They're, they're good at it though. And it's so freaking entertaining mm-hmm. too. I don't know.
0: Yeah, there's some really good
1: stuff there. There is. There really this is, is the thing
0: like, you know, you have all these production
1: companies and studios and,
0: and that, that, spend you know tens of millions of dollars like there's the the game of thrones prequel series came out the house of the dragon and they just put the hbo just put the trailer out and you know they spent millions and millions of dollars marketing and making game of thrones and they're going to spend millions and millions of dollars marketing and making house of the dragon and and i'm just watching like these people that (laughs) whip out their phones and record like a 30 second like right because there's no mental energy you don't have to you don't have to focus on like you know, how the stories link up and who all yeah. the characters it's are. Just and it's like, like you it's, just see something and you laugh and you go to that.
1: Or you see something, oh, I'm not interested in this, and you just scroll through. It's the through, epitome so. of like that instant gratification culture, right? Like, mm-hmm. so I mm-hmm. don't want to have to follow a storyline. I don't want to have to like go through the steps of like set the context, the the conflict, the rise, the climax, and then mm-hmm. the conclusion. I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, I want that in 30 seconds. Like, <laughs> yeah. don't make me watch a yeah. show. Like, I want I want a dopamine hit right now. Start it. Yeah, give it to me. Right I want now. to
0: laugh. I want to see. I want to. I want to hear bad jokes. I want to see interesting things. There's like, there's a a, a personal trainer on there that he's like the Gordon Ramsay of of personal trainers. Like he just he he must be from the same part of England as sure. and he's just got the same attitude and it's the same language and and things like that. Like, and I I don't have an account. I do not. I I have no interest in producing content for TikTok. I just like to sit and watch and. And just, just enjoy it. Just, like, come at me. Whatever you've got, whatever the feed says, you know, whatever the algorithm thinks is good, whatever's current. You know, there's the Louis Thoreau rap at the moment Um, that, that like, that's going through. And then there's a Lizzo thing where everyone's, like, doing their little Lizzo dance and all of these things. You just watch it and mindless I, know, entertainment. I think it's just fun. This is mindless entertainment. It's, mindless, it's totally. just fun. It's just, it's you know, you don't have to. Like, Twitter, I use TweetBot for Twitter, and that's, like, the feed. And you, like, I get everything chronologically so i want to see like what everyone's talking on and what are they working on and like aaron france is always doing something cool you know he's over at tuple spending yep. you know thousands of dollars doing their marketing experiments and you know you've got taylor um sponsoring NASCAR, sponsoring NASCAR, but getting in the shit because he's got an opinion about things that you know um that whole thing was fucked um, excuse my language. We I didn't see the that. The, I didn't see thing. that. What
1: was, what was going on there? Uh,
0: look, you missed. I don't know. There was, there was some guy, it was just being like a real cheese bag, just calling out companies, just saying like, if you don't have a position, like if they don't come out in support of, of women's rights, then, you know, they've made up their mind and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, don't, don't like a company doesn't need to have a public position. Um, uh, and on the other side of the coin, companies do need to have a public position because they employ women and these things affect women. And in America especially, the companies are responsible for health insurance and they need to figure out where they stand when providing that health care to the women that they employ. Companies absolutely have an opinion in politics. um, And like calling out companies to say like if you don't say something publicly then you know then you've said something yeah right exactly yeah then Then you've made your stand um, right against
1: women or something
0: and like just the whole thing was was a shit show because the guy was totally disingenuous and then he came out after and he was like oh you know i didn't mean any of the things i said i was just using those tactics to get you know get you to commit to doing something and like there was some deleted tweets and there's like you can read into uh, and I won't include it cuz it's like if you want to look into it just go and look into it yourself but it was just like some context there and it was like uh you know and it, and it taylor does this uh, I mean this happens to taylor right he gets he gets into a situation where he will say something and then someone will call him out for it or the you know whatever and then it gets into a, a a sling fest and then you know everyone comes out looking ridiculous um and like I was talking with some friends about it and, and the the difference between like me with like ten thousand followers saying something and Taylor with a hundred thousand followers saying something, you know, it's it's a very different um experience. Because when you've you know, when you've got a handful, a relative handful of followers, you know, they might see and they go, whatever, doesn't matter. Um when you've got a hundred thousand people, there's there's and and like that's just the followers. It doesn't account for like all the people, the people who will see it
1: because somebody liked it and they're, that will see right, it because exactly. someone
0: liked it and whatever else. Like and and like and then before you know it, like Twitter's like, oh yeah, engagement, engagement. So the algorithm is like pumping this out and everyone's seeing it. And then of course is roping in like the 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 real extremists on either side of the spectrum. And like you know, I, I saw a stat later that that thirty percent. I think it's something like thirty percent of Americans actually support the position. Um, and it's like, you know, it's an overwhelming majority that says, yeah, women have the right to choose. Of course they have the right to choose. Um, anyway, the whole, the whole thing was ridiculous. And, uh, and the long story so, short of
1: this is TikTok doesn't have all that. It's kind of what you were getting at. I feel like you were no, like, yeah, that's, I don't have yeah, to I, engage I so with up. this. Like I, I right. just get to scroll and there's no huh. thought needed. It's just entertainment. It's and just there's no politics pure, like you, you don't get sucked into it. You
0: don't sit like the the comments and the replies. They're yeah. not part of the, the consumption experience. Yeah. Like I go into the comments every now and then just to see like, um, you know, because it's a video in response to someone and you like go and find what, like where that, the, the comment sure. lineage yeah. is. But for the most part, TikTok is just, just watch, just watch and scroll, watch yeah. and scroll, watch and scroll. Oh, what was that? I'm going to watch that again and again and again and again. Like every now and then you're like, how do they do that? And you just keep watching the same That's thing over funny. and over again. Yeah. I saw that there's um. I saw someone posted a video of like the single leg squat challenge. Oh, wow. And like, how 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 do you like do this to the point where you can like do a single leg squat and then do a pistol squat, which is where you've got like one leg out in front of you. And then there's a dragon squat where Ooh. the one leg doesn't just go out in front of you. It goes behind your other leg and then out in front of you. I'm like, I'm falling over every time. <laughs> but then someone posted it like the single single leg squat challenge. And I watched it twice before I realized this person only had one leg. Ah, see. And I'm like. Every squat's a single leg squat. Yep. But then I then I saw a guy that just like he had no legs. Zero leg um, squat. No leg squat. He was not doing squats though. But like, you know, once you watch one thing, I, I, the, the algorithm figures it out. It's like, okay, well, you watch this thing. So you might like this other thing that's, that's related. So um, mostly it's cooking stuff. There's like some dad joke stuff, which I get right behind. There's some like really crude humor. There's some Australian guys. I
1: won't repeat it. Okay. Hey, real quick. It's really crude. Real quick dad joke. <laughs> Why Go. do the Norwegians put barcodes on their naval ships?
0: It's Norwegians. Don't I?
1: So they can scan the Navy in. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm for it. I love that. It's Scandinavian. Oh, that's love so it. good, right? Oh, I love it. It was a good one. Sorry, it's I sidetracked.
0: So you. so sweet and innocent. So anyway, and innocent. The,
1: no, no. The, yeah, all the stuff on, on TikToks. It's good. I, yeah. I don't have an account. I see the stuff that people post, and I have got a <laughs> buddy who's at work who sends me TikToks all the time, and they're always hilarious and really funny. Uh, but I know myself and I know that I would go down that hole and it would just be a never ending, you know, cycle of silliness where I would just, you know, I would be with you up at two a.m. watching videos. So uh, not to say that I don't ever do that. YouTube also has shorts, and those are similar. It's like a little TikTok, not as awesome, but uh, it has like a yeah. similar feel to it. So I, sometimes I'll find myself on that. But I've really been mm-hmm. trying to—I mean, everybody does this every once in a while, right? But really been trying to limit my time on those things. It's just like I, I've uh, and like maybe you've noticed this too. I don't get on Facebook very much, uh, and so yeah, I've I'd kind of become. Like if you, if you consume a lot of content on Facebook, you kind of become a little bit numb to it, but if you've kind of been away from it for a while, you're not really inoculated against it. And so when you start scrolling, you feel that sort of dread, almost like, oh, depression Mm -hmm. sort of, I feel that like creeping up. Like it's sort of weird. Like if I, if I scroll Facebook for any amount of time, I start to feel like, just like, oh, this is gross. You know, you just, I don't feel good. Like after, after scrolling for a while on it, it's just. I don't know. It doesn't give yeah. me a good feeling, so I'm just like, you know, I'm just gonna distance myself from this. And like, do you miss out on stuff? For sure, you do. Like, but most yeah. of it, like, I, if I don't know about it, I don't care that I missed it. Um, and so I just try and stay off it as much as possible. I I get on Twitter because there's really in, in, interesting stuff, information on there, I and mean, I do watch YouTube a little bit. But that's kind of that's kind of where I end it. Um, I did think of something to talk about though. If we want to talk about some tech related stuff, still, we, okay. prob- we probably should. That's probably what most of the people are here for. Indeed. Um, so two things. Number one is flow charts. I love flow charts. I use them all the freaking time. You They're are amazing. a manager. I do. I, well, so I feel like I use it in a good way. Like I think at, at my heart, I'm really a teacher, right? That's what I studied in college, right? So I really love teaching. And for me, visually, um, I'm a very visually wired person. And so flowcharts really help me to kind of express my thoughts visually in that way. So that's cool. So that was one thing we we could talk about. The other thing, which I think is a little bit more concrete, though, and maybe a bit more interesting is um, we have been using Bootstrap for a long time on a lot of our apps, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, And so Bootstrap was a great tool, still is a great tool, honestly, for a lot of things. Um, Allows you to get up and running with a product really quick without having to make too many decisions about design. It just works good. You know, it really does. Um, However, Tailwind is is the new hotness, right? And I I honestly don't even mind Bootstrap, but I really like Tailwind a lot. And I love the customizability that it gives me. And I love using Tailwind UI components. And I love not having to worry about Bootstrap JavaScript and some of the limitations it puts on me and the assumption that I'm going to have jQuery on my page and all that, right? So all in all, like I could probably get by with bootstrap. Like I I could probably make it work. It'd be fine, but we're using tailwind a lot now. And so we've kind of got this weird mix of some tailwind stuff with some bootstrap stuff. And so one of my things that I'm trying to do is get us from bootstrap to tailwind. Um, Mm -hmm. Now there are some trade-offs for sure. You lose some of the things that you had previously with bootstrap like just being able to easily create a striped table right you kind of got to make that yeah. with with tailwind yeah however we also have purchased tailwind ui so you get those components that mm-hmm. so you can just copy and paste and drop in um but um you know i think the, the uh, i'm trying to talk it out all out loud as i'm thinking through it so sorry if this this isn't really super concrete Basically, what I want to do is if we're going to make the jump to tailwind, what I want to do is at the same time, I really want to have a standard set of components that we're using across all of our different applications um, Mm -hmm. and just commit to like, this is kind of the style that we're going to use. And so kind of basically doing like a design audit across all of our applications and saying, what are the types of things that we're going to need? You know, a panel looks like this. A drop down yeah. looks like this. A button looks like this. And then slowly over time, sort of creating and migrating to those conventions. And one mm-hmm. way I've seen um, to do this, which makes it easy, is to use Storybook. So Storybook allows you to create these sort of components and then also uh, gives you the ability to sort of have a playground where you can play around with those things, right? And you can look at all the different variations and, um, you know, give me a button, then give me a secondary button, then give me a secondary button that's hovered, then give me a secondary, secondary button that is active, uh, then give me a, a secondary button with an icon and then without an icon, right? And so you can just, you basically have all these variations you can just copy and paste from in this storybook application, which is really cool. Um, so I'm kind of wanting to go that direction a little bit, but the, the biggest challenge I'm facing right now, and maybe this, if I scope it down a little bit, To kind of make this conversation a little more valuable, let's say I have one site and I'm on Bootstrap and I want to convert it to Tailwind. What are my options? That's that's if we start there, Mm -hmm. I think maybe that's the easiest way to kind of have a productive conversation about this without getting too in the weeds. Um, So, what what are your thoughts? Just I'll I'll, I've I've looked at some options. Um, What what are your thoughts? Just off the top of your head. Yeah. uh, First thing, uh, Windy,
0: the, the thing from Beyond Code. It's a Chrome slash Firefox extension that allows you to like click on a thing and it will convert that to the corresponding Tailwind classes. Um so maybe maybe check that out. That's at mm-hmm. usewindy.com. I've looked at that one, yep. The 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 other thing, I guess the, the, the downside now to to using Tailwind is that we do need to build these things and, and yeah. like you say, you bought right. Tailwind UI and, and Tailwind UI is an option. But you still need to figure out how you're going to componentize that. Yeah, and do you do that with blade components or view components, or do you do that as CSS? And are you making like, are you effectively recreating Bootstrap? Yeah, Bootstrap with Tailwind. And like, generally, you know, if if you if you take take a leaf out of Adam's book, like, don't use at apply, don't create those things. it's, it's generally better um, it's generally better to, um, you know, make the components because then you've got like a real programming language in terms of like you've got PHP around it and you can use PHP and you can use the blade syntax. Like you can use the at class directive to dynamically put in different things based on, you know, like a disabled state based on some value that's been passed in. Um, I think... Jetstream. If you look at Jetstream and the components that it ships with, it's it's really nicely put together in terms of the level of abstraction that each of those components are, but also the configurability that they give you and how they go about that. And that's you know, independent of of using um live wire or inertia, independent of the, the what's powering it. And I think that gives you a good place to kind of start separating those things out like panels you know they're they're, they're simple enough that you can put in your slots for title and content and footer Um, tables are a bit annoying just because like at at what level do you stop like do you have a row and then you're responsible for what goes in those rows Um, do you want to provide like global styles for that in terms of like striped tables and things like that you know that's where it starts to get a bit Janky, I think. But in terms of buttons and and modals and panels and all of that kind of stuff, I think um, the the blade components are are good there. And you know, using Storybook to kind of document it all out, you don't you don't really want to get into copy paste territory, which I think you know Storybook you put it all in there and then you have to kind of extract it out of there if you want to use it. I I don't like I've never used it. like that's roughly what it is. Yeah, yeah
1: totally. It's like Tailwind UI, right, where you basically have like, yeah. here's your component, copy it, paste it in, and utilize it. Yeah,
0: I I think that's useful if maybe you've got less technical people doing it, or you know, in the in the very specific example of of Tailwind UI, like you need to somehow distribute that, and so you know, putting it up on a website where people can copy and paste and then modify as they need is is good, in terms of. Your scenario and scenarios like it, where you're actually needing to use those components, then yeah, I would I would be making those components, and then you have to make them once, and like you can adjust them and, and tweak them and, and whatever else as you need. But it means that you have those things there ready to go, um, and even even if you just like pillage the Jetstream repo and take out all of those components, and then and then make your own versions of them, however you need them styled. Yeah. Um, let, let's have a let's have a look. Laravel Jet Stream, like what it what it ships with in terms of resources, views, components. Like there's an action message, a section, um, authentication cards, banners, buttons, checkboxes, confirmation modals, password confirmations. Um, and, and you look at like the levels of abstraction there. Um, for example, the where was that? confirmation like the confirmation modal just extends from the jet stream modal and, and does some specific styling and you know I'm, I'm I'm reasonably sure that that Adam had a hand in kind of helping construct these and I'm like sure when he you've did, got yeah. Adam and Taylor and yeah and then you've got like Caleb working on some of the the live wire pieces and you've got Jonathan working on some of the inertia pieces like these are some of the 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 most creative thinkers in our ecosystem, and and like they just solve these problems so well. For you know, you look at the the size and scope of Tailwind, like you know, that Adam has considered things, you know, in a, in a in a like he's been really considered in his approach, and you know Taylor's very considered in his approach. You know that these solutions and the way that they're put together, they're going to be quite robust, and they'll give you. Um, you know, the Laravel way to do things, sure, but the most extensible way, and then, you know, you throw in the open source community on top of that and and you've got all of that extra stuff. But the last commit to this confirmation modal, for example, was the 31st of December last year. So we've gone five months without a change, Yeah, which goes to show yeah, that, like, exactly. it's pretty solid in, in terms of what they've provided and in terms of, like, nothing's needed to change, like, you look here, there's 11 months ago, seven months ago, two years ago. Like, there's things in here that haven't changed since they were first committed. Um, you know, the most recent change on these components was uh, last month. So, um, yeah, I, I think Jetstream, if, you, if you're if you going to build your own components, Jetstream's a good place to start. That's a good idea. To, it's to just at like least a, look. Just take a look at it, yep. Yeah, and uh, like, you don't need to take those components, um, but you can look at how they're put together and, and you know, how they do the buttons and how how, like, the danger button is its own button. It's not, you know, it doesn't extend from the button. Um, The button class is its own button, you know, and then it just has a slot. It handles like attribute merging for classes and things like that so that you can, like if you want a button, the default is submit. But if you just want a button type equals button, well, you just pass type equals button into your, um, you know, component usage and then it'll override that. And then you've just got a regular button that you can use for like drop-down menus and whatever else. Um, so yeah, look, look at that and then like paste in whatever classes you need over the top of that and look at that as an extension point. Yeah. But that covers like the majority of things, you know, in terms of, um, res- you know, navigation and labels and inputs and, and form sections and dropdowns and all of that kind of stuff. And I think that's, a, that's a good starting point. And then you can kind of adapt as you need it from there. But I, I would certainly ship the components rather than, you know, see if, you know, storybook is good in, in presenting them. But I would say, like, rather yeah, it really is more documentation than anything.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. So if I if I kind of roll us back to like that same discussion was like, okay, let's say instead of because that is a big discussion, like, componentizing everything into like really reusable stuff. That's one discussion. The other discussion is like, I have a six-page site and I it's in Bootstrap and I want to convert it to Tailwind. So you have a couple options. Mm -hmm. Option one is you go do it. You do it by hand, right? You put the tail. You put the Bootstrap site on the left. And you have your tailwind version on the right that you're writing and you just sort of duplicate and sort of try and match up what tailwind was accomplished or sorry, what bootstrap was with accomplished on the one side and you just try and do it in tailwind. That's one way, right? You you roll it yourself. The other way is windy, right? So with windy, you can click on any item and then it basically gives you the, um, I think it gives you the element, but maybe even nested elements as well that are inside of it, mm-hmm. styled with Tailwind classes. So it replaces some of the Bootstrap. Basically, what it does is it says, "Give me the, give me these styles that are applied to this based on the Bootstrap classes that are applied to it," and then it says, "Extract those into like a set of nodes," I think, and then essentially says, "Okay, how could I replicate this styling with Tailwind?" Right. So it pulls it out, mm-hmm. and sort of like a top level sort of deal. It says, "Completely ignore." the name of the class. So it doesn't do like a one-to-one mapping with a class. Right. And then it Mm -hmm. says restyle this with tailwind using existing tailwind things. And then it'll tell you too. I think like this doesn't have a default implementation in tailwind. Right. So the padding that you Mm -hmm. used here isn't a padding that's available. You might want to use this or this, or you might want to make a custom one with tailwind JIT or something like that. I'm not sure. Um, So you can do that too. Some of the, some of the issue with that, is If you are using Bootstrap, you end up having classes that might be applied to certain things that handle the JavaScript portions of it, right? Uh, so with, with Bootstrap, you have certain classes that get applied, and then it uses jQuery and JavaScript in the background to kind of hook on those classes and then handle them in specific ways. Using Windy, I don't know if it respects that or if that's something you sort of have to parse yourself apart Uh, And again, you may make the decision that it's totally worth it to kind of, you know, at the same time, just junk all your JavaScript and start over. But you may also say, "Eh, I kind of just want to be able to use tailwind without fighting with bootstrap styles. In which case, you also have Jason McCurry's shift, which will do bootstrap to tailwind. And I believe what that does is it applies uh, or it basically takes um, a bottom up approach and says, take all the bootstrap classes that we see in here. And create a rule for that that uses add apply syntax with Tailwind to get you the same visual style with Bootstrap without changing any of your classes. But then you can remove the Bootstrap dependency and change them out as you feel like it sort of deal, right? So essentially in one one go... You just get a new style sheet that just says add apply tailwind classes. You don't have to change any of your HTML. It just lets you get mm-hmm. rid of the bootstrap dependency, leaves all the classes in place. So if you do have JavaScript dependent on it, it works, continues to work. But then you could slowly replace things if you wanted to that way. Or you can just start using tailwind classes on all your new stuff without having to fight with bootstrap, right? So that's yeah. that's sort of interesting as well. I like I, I that that's pro, that approach is interesting to me too. The one limitation that that has is it assumes it's a Laravel app, so it has to be a Laravel app, and then it also has to have the Tailwind config or the compiled app.scss or something like that in a particular location. I think. Um, And Jason tells you all that up front, like with the shift, he tells you that it's like 19 bucks, I think, to do it. But those those are the two things I'm kind of going back and forth between. Windy is like I think 40 bucks for like the one tool but it's like unlimited, you know, you can use it on as many sites as you want. And with Mm -hmm. shift, it's like 19 bucks per shift that you're going to do. So it just depends on kind of like, are you going to be doing a lot of them? Are you only doing one app? Which one do you kind of, which approach do you like? Um, Yeah. For me, I actually sort of care less about the classes. So I sort of lean towards the shift way of doing it. And I have some JavaScript, some legacy JavaScript stuff that I don't necessarily care to change. It just, It's working fine and it's, it's jQuery, but like, okay, it's jQuery, like Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of lean that direction, but we'll see that's, I'm, I'm sort of in that journey right now. I'm, and so, you know, I I have two different projects. One is the work thing where like, I have all these apps that are using bootstrap. I need to do that with. The other one is a side gig where there's a person who wants their site to be responsive. And it's currently not responsive. It's in written bootstrap. Looks fine on the desktop. Doesn't doesn't respond well. And I don't really want to write bootstrap to make it responsive. Tailwind has spoiled me in that way. Um, And I think that is the biggest thing that really Tailwind offers me that makes me want to switch away from bootstrap is the flexibility to apply things responsively and just have full control, free range. To be like, when it's medium, I want it to be bold. And when it's not medium, I don't want it to be bold. And that's like super easy in Tailwind. And then Bootstrap, that's like freaking impossible. Like, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I think that's the big push for me. And uh, I'll keep you updated as I go along on that journey. But um, yeah, it's been an interesting sort of way to kind of... And there's also a ton of online converters where you can just paste in your CSS, your generated CSS, and it will try and replace as much as it can with Tailwind classes. Um, Uh, and same sort of deal. I think it uses like add, apply rules or something like that. And then it says here, use this. And then here are all the places where you have conflicts and whatever. So I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet, but, um, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm almost at the point where I'm sort of like, screw it. I'm just going to, it's like a six page site or 10 page site. Maybe I'm just going to redo it with tailwind. Just going to start writing again. Like, you know, give me the HTML strip off all the classes that have any styles applied to them and start over. And I can just make it almost probably, probably as fast. Because, I mean, a lot mm-hmm. of the stuff like container, grid, dash, whatever, like the, the old bootstrap classes are almost the same as Tailwind classes in some senses. You know, I have like a 16-column yeah. grid bootstrap. Um, tailwind, I can accomplish that. I can make that happen with grid, like no problem, you know? So I almost, uh, it's I, I get there, I get to that point sometimes when I'm just like, Screw the tooling. I don't care. Like, I could just write this myself in the amount of time it's going to take me to figure out all the tooling or to make the adjustments after I use the tooling to do it for me. So I don't know. I don't know.
0: Hmm. be interesting to see how you go and and what
1: direction you end up landing with. Yes. Yes, it will. We've got three minutes left. What else do you want to talk about before we go? I don't know.
0: Um, I don't know if anyone's listening, and and you're interested in this Vim stuff, and and you and you want to know like what goes into making Vim good for PHP. Um, then let me know, and we'll see if we can work it into the book. I don't, uh, you know, we talked about this on the on the series that we did on on Vim. I don't. I'm not here to. It's not my job to convince you to use Vim over anything else. Sure, right. Um, I, I'm not going to teach you how to use Vim, there will be resources in there that, you know, that I'll point to for, for that kind of stuff. Um, but really it's, it's just going to be, I guess, to borrow JMAX terminology, a field guide for getting up and running with Vim specifically for PHP and, you know, the things that, that go along with that. So, you know, Tailwind language servers and HTML language servers and syntax highlighting and, and you know, all of that refactoring goodness that that you know and love from, the incumbent tools, which is funny, you know, it's funny to suggest PHP Storm being the incumbent when Vim kind of is much older, predates it, so. But, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if, if that, like, I don't know when it will get done or how long it will take. It might be more work than I think or less work. Um, I, I wrote, like, a whole chapter on, on configuration the other day and then I scrapped it because I was like, ah, this is not actually <laughs> useful to anyone, so I'll just <laughs> delete that, like. Uh, ruthlessly edited it out so. i've got
1: questions about this too we should talk about it next time i have some questions about the book side of things i want to hear about this more so right. next time friends next time what episode are we on 118 118 if you liked it uh hit us up sorry nope all backwards show notes for this episode sorry oh my word i cannot think michael this is why i need to go to bed North South South.audio slash 118. If you like the podcast, rate it up in your podcast or choice. Five stars would be appreciated. If you have any questions, head us up on Twitter at Jacob Bennett, at Michael Dorinda, or at North South Audio. North South Audio. I got it. I got it. Easy. Easy. All right, folks. Until next time, we'll see you in two weeks in the fortnight. See ya. Bye out.